Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure, your number one podcast source for all things excellent. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Well, good news everybody, Henry is uh, an asshole. <laughs> he comes by it honestly. Yeah. Um... Let's see. What should we do first? Should I just run through business? I know I've changed the way we do this every time I do this because my brain doesn't quite hold information in. I don't like doing business right away. Perfect. <laughs> Stay tuned for business. Um, what are we doing? Update. Henry was a lot yesterday. Yeah. Uh I mean, he was pretty good for the evening. Yeah. You know, 
I got to go into bed uh, at four o'clock in the morning. But Dory, you had Dory fallen... got to never go to back you to bed f- after two thirty. You fell asleep. This is not what I'm talking about. Room. I'm saying going to bed. Uh huh. But this that's is, also she's very uh, picky about this. The but semantics it's like, of it all. Because I don't quite understand why you stay out in the living room. Well, it's a number of reasons. I feel like I get I'm, I, I'm a lighter sleeper out there, mm-hmm. so I'm more ready to go if I need to go, mm. which I did at like three thirty mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and it's also like, I just don't want to, I hate sleeping comfortably and having to wake up, but I don't mind uncomfortably sleeping and then having to wake up. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, kind of. It's like harder to pull myself out of the bed. Yeah. So if I have first half of the night duties and I'm someone who generally goes to bed at like one anyway. Right. You figure his, 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 you know, it's a you know, dream feed at uh, 11, 11, 30. Um, put him back down. Then I'm out of there by like midnight anyway. Mm-hmm. And then I can lay on the, so like I could go into the bedroom and put a, you know, watch iTunes on my iPod, but I have noise canceling headphones. I'd be wearing noise canceling headphones. Right. Then I would, you know, if I fall asleep with the headphones on, which I do all the time. Yeah, you won't be able to hear them. Then I'm not going to be able to hear them. So if I'm out in the yeah. living room, I cannot have headphones on mm-hmm. and fall asleep at my leisure mm. and then be ready to spring into action the second that baby starts being a baby. Yeah. So that's my reasoning. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Tips and Tricks for Raising Henry Myra. Um, yeah, so his nighttime sleep is, is actually, we kind of, he's he's on like a, he is on a schedule. He's on the path to to good sleep. Yeah. Daytime sleep has been rougher. Well, you know, when we get him down after the bedtime nap, you know, what is it called? Bedtime, bath time situation. He's out. He goes out. And yeah. he's out until... He's out for five hours. Yeah. Which is just perfect. It's nice. Like, we get our evenings. And a dream feed happens. And then, uh, yeah. he goes. He's asleep till about 3.30. Today he slept till 4.00. There you go. And then, well, it's no wonder he slept till four today because he got no sleep during the day. day. Anyway, this is a ridiculous thing to talk about. Uh, Yesterday, yeah, yesterday he did not, he refused. I think his longest nap yesterday was 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. It was 35 minutes. Okay. So his longest nap was 15 plus 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. And then he just, he just didn't want to go to sleep. Yeah. So, yeah. But he was tired. You could tell. He was totally tired. And I think it didn't help that I was really tired because I hadn't been able to fall back asleep after I pumped at Mm -hmm. 2.30. And so that just kind of knocked me out. We were real. It was a funky sleep time over at the Myra house for everybody except Henry during the night. Right. Um, So, yeah. But otherwise, he's doing well. He's eating a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. He's growing. He seems to be, yeah. His hair is doing great things. Yeah, his hair really is doing great things. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It's just like we're just sort of trying to figure it out, everybody. Yep. Slowly and slowly. Yep. Um, we did have a date night last night, everybody. We did. So, 
let's just talk about it for a second. Postpartum doula came, relieved us at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. We hit the town. By town, we mean Glendale, we California. Hit, we hit up Glendale, everybody. <laughs> and what did we do? Well, I'll tell you what we did. The first thing we did was go try out mattresses. Because, <laughs> quite frankly, we were really single-minded sleep people yesterday. And, uh, look, we've had a mattress for as long as we've lived here. I think I had it at my old apart- my old townhouse. It got delivered right before we moved here. Yeah. Did I ever use it there? I don't remember. I don't remember. But, uh... It's been five, like five years, and I've really like really sunk a crevasse into this bed that is uh, it's not particularly comfortable for me. Matt also likes a very firm surface. I do. A slab, if I you like will. like a firm, cool surface. So what did we do, everybody? We went over to the sleep number <laughs> store in Glendale because I wanted to dial in comfort, and Dory is not the same comfort level as I am. No, I'm not. So we figured the best solution is these individual uh, settings. Yeah. So we did it. We looked at two mattresses, mm-hmm. a very expensive mattress and a pretty expensive mattress. Mm-hmm. And we ended up with the, for surprisingly, I went, I just thought the, 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 the littler guy, the C4 mm-hmm. was more comfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll let you know. We'll let you know, guys, because yeah. this thing. Also, we should mention, since they're advertisers, that we paid for this mattress. Oh, yeah. Full price. Yep. Um, plus our full price delivery charge. Plus our California recycling for the eventual recycling. <laughs> 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 that will or will not happen. Um, but uh, the verdict is out. It, it should, uh, I'm thinking, I guess next week. Not next week, the week. Yeah, next week. Oh, you count Sunday as the start of the week like a normal mm-hmm. person? Yeah. The following week, it should be here. Yeah, I'm excited because uh, I've been really wanting something that was hard enough, but still had the capability of becoming a little soft when I needed it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's that. Yep. Pretty cool. We are going to see. And then we hit up the Americana. If any of you are from Los Angeles, you're familiar with the Americana. It is the sister mall to the Grove. Yeah. Uh, bigger. Bigger fountain. Bigger fountain. More uh, Eiffel Tower replicas. Um, but also a very Italian themed. It's confusing that tower that they put on the elevator. Mm, I don't know which tower you are referring to. If you look at the parking garage on top, the spire, that large giant sign that says the Americana. Is like the Eiffel Tower. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, we had some mediocre Italian food. I would say it was aggressively mediocre. Yeah. Um, because we went to go to the Din Tai Fung. And they... And... They weren't... Hilariously. Like, <laughs> they said the list had been canceled. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> and they were like, you can come back tomorrow. We open at 10. And I was like, but I'm... Well, okay, bye. <laughs> Come back tomorrow. We open at 10. Um, but, uh, you know, it was weird to be out of the house. It was the first time I think we've been out of the house together and not at a thing 
at a at a Henry focused situation. First time we'd been out together at night, certainly. A thousand percent, yeah. Um, it was weird to be out of the well. First time, I think first time. I mean, we don't even go out at night. So really, it was weird. I was like really looking around at all the nighttime stuff. Mm. So many lights, guys. Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. are you doing out there? So many people out and about. Some people with their babies. Yeah, at like 10 o'clock. Yeah. That was weird. Dory does not care for a 10 o'clock babysitting. I don't. She's like, you should be in bed. I, I am. But she doesn't say it because no, it's rude. I just judge them internally. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. If you're a person that likes to have your baby out at 10 o'clock at night, I don't care. Go for it. Also, I should say these aren't these weren't babies. These weren't like sleeping babies. These were like three year olds who were awake and like looking at iPads at the at a restaurant. They were well behaved. I was just like, wait, what? Why are they awake? Except for the one toddler that decided to eat bread off the floor. Oh yeah, like Bo. Right, that did happen. The, here's a Bo update. We got home last night. I let Bo out in the backyard. I was out there sanding. And I, I, you know, I didn't hear Bo. And I looked, and Bo was under one of the cars, like fully under. I was like, "Oh my God, is Bo stuck?" <laughs> so I go to get Bo, and he before I can get over there, he backs out of there and starts like running around to the other side of the car. Then he goes under another car. He goes under. Dory's car and I'm like wait what is and he's really aggressive and I but I I got him and I pull I you know and I'm I'm in the house and I'm just hearing him barking really loudly and Matt going Bo Bo (laughs) um and I uh take him in the house and then when I he's like he comes with me calmly casually and then I we get in the house and I look at him and he's I thought there was ketchup on him (laughs) oh god Honest to God, I was like, is there a ketchup packet out there that he got into? And then I was like, oh, no, this is blood. There was so much blood on our dog. And I thought that Bo had cut himself under, like, on the car, underneath the car or something. I cleaned him up, and that's when I realized, no, Bo had just eaten part of an animal or something. I don't know what it was. But apparently that animal escaped because... Yeah, I went out with a flashlight to look check out of the cars to see if this animal needed uh, assistance. Uh-huh. Um, gone. No drops of blood. Yet bow dripped blood throughout. It was very strange. But mm-hmm. let me say this. Good protector. <laughs> he was very cool and calm about me cleaning him up. Yeah. Um, I was really worried about him because I thought he had like... I was like, oh no, did he, like, is he, is he rabid now? Oh, he has had all the shots. I know, but you know how I am. I like to worry about uh, Bo, mm. most of all. Get real sad about him sometimes. Oh no. I love that Quick, dog. change the subject. I love him so much. <laughs> Such a good dog. Um, <sighs> yeah. That's, uh, that's your Bo update this morning. He's very chill. Dory's yawning. Uh, we have uh, oh, is it, is six. He'll be seven weeks, seven months old, seven weeks old when you guys hear this. Yeah, he's seven weeks on Wednesday. It's crazy. I went to the doctor on Monday, my doctor, um, 
and I, I got the all clear for, for most activities. <laughs> for everything but walking. But I dog. was like, is it okay to walk my 80-pound dog who occasionally lung, lunges at other dogs and has pulled me down on the ground before? And she was like, mm, maybe give that a couple more weeks. <laughs> Uh, if you ask me, it's just a conspiracy to get me to do all of the bow handling outside. I mean, it's not not a conspiracy. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, but Dr. Brown said Dory's A-OK. Great news there. Otherwise, we're just sort of trying to get into a life routine. A life routine that will be completely upended once Matt goes back to work. Yeah, once we start shooting. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, look, it's been great having you home. Yeah. I think it's been great. And also it's like, it shows you how hard it is to take care of a baby. Um, this is going to be a controversial statement. I don't think taking care of a baby is hard. I think it's super time consuming though. Yes. And ex- I think it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. I, I bring that up because I've been going to a mommy and me class on Friday mornings and something that came up um, in the last class from a couple of people was that their husbands had went back to work mm-hmm. after like a week or two or three right. weeks or something and don't quite understand like how all in taking care of a baby is. Oh, it's like, that's your activity. Yeah. And so they've like, when they watch the baby for like three hours at the end, they're like, that was exhausting. And like, like they, like that now they're like, Oh, I see what you do all day. Like that's the understanding. Mm. And I was thinking, Oh, I don't have that because Matt has been home this whole time. Yeah. Like we've done the exact same things. He's seen everything I've seen. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, oh, I'm grateful that Matt has been home. As am I. Can't and wait also, to go back to work. <laughs> I think, you know, it like, it helps, it helps you bond with the baby being able mm-hmm. to be home. Yeah. You know? So if any of you men out there listening have access to family leave... I would encourage you to take it. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it also is like, you know, when he's sleeping during the day, it gives me time for doing things around the house. Yes. Like building a bass guitar. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> Which is what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah, he's been building a ga- bass guitar, everyone. Um, it's uh, currently, uh, I think it's, pre- I just got to sand it. I think I'll do one more spray coat and then let it dry and then I'm going to lacquer this thing. Some nitrocellulose lacquer. Cool. Yeah, I think it will be pretty cool when it's done. Any more soldering in your future? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I got a lot of soldering to do, actually. And you're going to do that in the house? Always. Okay. I love it in here. I saw a fan like that'll suck away solder fumes that was like $400. And I was like, mm, do I solder enough to have this fan? Well, you know what we could do? We could get another air purifier and put it in here. Oh, it's too many. It's, uh, the air is too pure in here already. We got a molecule. Molecules in the bedroom. We got a... Co-way. A co-way in, in the, the living, living room. room. Maybe we'll get another co-way. They're like 100, 150 bucks. But they're something. big. Okay. And then where do they go? We'll figure it out. There's no we'll figure it out. We're, we are at 
capacity here at the household. Bo? Yes, Bo is part of that capacity. <laughs> Where could we put him? His two giant... It was very funny last night. Yesterday, he took, I brought, I picked, Dory picked him up from the chateau. That's right. Dory can do that, apparently. Um, well, I, although I almost got run over by a maniac on one of those rental bikes, little BMX rental bikes. A BMX rental bike? It's not a BMX, but it's like a mini, you know, those like mini bikes that oh, are all over. electric bikes? That are like all over Los Angeles. He was like zooming down the sidewalk. Not supposed to ride those on the sidewalk, bro. No. And he almost, I was coming out of the chateau with Bo and he almost knocked us, like he pretty much almost knocked us down. Wow. So, yeah. Anyway, Bo went and laid down on the floor. It was real sad because I had put his, I had put his um, bed up on the chair. Because they needed the floor space to walk Henry around the house to try to get him to go to sleep, which also failed. Anyway. <sighs> Is it everything you hoped it would be? And more. That's good. I don't know. I didn't really have like a, I couldn't really picture it. Yeah. It was hard to picture. Right. Like I just know, I just was like, our lives are just going to be completely upended. Yes. But what that actually looks like, I don't really know day to day. We still don't know. Yeah. We're kind of muddling through. Yeah. We're trying to the best of our ability to keep up a regular existence. I will say, like, he, as he starts to be more of a person, I feel more attached to him. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. I feel attached to him. I mean, look, it's this uh, little uh, thing that we wanted for so long Mm -hmm. that we're so grateful for, but not grateful enough, according to some listeners. We'll get to that later. How dare you? Anyway. (laughs) Um, Also, just I just want to mention a listener sent us an article from The Atlantic magazine. I'm familiar. From March. Of this year. Yes. And the headline of the article is why so many babies are getting their tongues clipped. (laughs) You know how I feel about it, guys. It it points out that there is an 834% increase in reported diagnoses of tongue tie babies from 1997 to 2012. And this is a quote from the article. Many researchers say there's no good evidence that an untreated tongue tie will lead to bad outcomes down the line or that a phrenotomy will help with the breastfeeding relationship in the short term. So basically it says that like, yes, these like these procedures do seem to help some babies, but it seems to be this overdiagnosis that mm, interesting people just go to when people are having trouble breastfeeding oh that's weird and i never would have thought that ever um and i know we've heard from people who say that you know fixing their baby's tongue tie really helped and i look i think that there's 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 a reason the procedure existed in the first place totally and i think that there are diagnoses that are correct but i think also that people run out of stuff to say and i go well maybe it's this thing so yeah so i just thought that was interesting cool all right should we take a short break i think that sounds acceptable let's do that brb ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like, I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is. That's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out, uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item that's right every time you buy their socks tees or underwear you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness to date bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting i mean bombas can make returns easy as well i don't know why you'd return anything because what but they do have a 100 percent happiness guarantee so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason They'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like, you know, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey, everybody, we're back. Hope you enjoyed those lively ad reads for our <laughs> wonderful sponsors um as always check them out head over there it helps us as always and they go oh oh people who listen to this podcast also like to support their podcast also just as a reminder just going to the urls helps Helpful. us out it just uh, let them know you're interested yep anyway now honey we have an update and i know you love an update you know what Updates from emailers is my 14th favorite thing in the world. Oh, I'm not even going to ask you what numbers 1 through 13 are. I don't have time. I know, we don't. Um, So this is from Liz, our listener who was debating the single versus double embryo transfer. 
Liz hot stirred topic. a lot of debate. Yes, hot topic uh, here on Excellent Adventure. Um, so she wrote in to say thank you to us for reading the email and to the listeners. And she says, my partner, who is not a podcast listener, was so amazed that people we had never met before would take time out of their busy lives to write in and share their experiences and cautionary tales in the hopes that we might make a more informed decision. Has your partner never listened to podcasts? Oh, yeah. I guess she's not a podcast. She's not a podcast listener. I wasn't sure if she meant didn't listen to our podcast or in general, but I think now Mm -hmm. I'm thinking in general. Uh, Okay. Message received loud and clear. Single embryo transfer it is. Love it. Great. We're making a difference. (laughs) Matt, thanks for your concern regarding our cross-country move right after the embryo transfer. I completely agree. It is not an ideal time to move, but this was the only slot we could get at our very busy clinic, Mm -hmm. and we are lucky to even get in before the move. We have already started packing and plan to have it as finished as possible by the time I start my cycle. If all goes according to plan, we will have about two and a half weeks between the transfer and the move, which means we'll be doing an eight-day road trip to Florida just a few days after my beta. Either way, it'll be nice to have a distraction at that point, I That's think. That's true, yeah. If the result is negative, my partner and I will have a lot of time to grieve together and process our emotions about the cycle. If it's positive, the distraction of traveling will be nice since weeks four to six are when symptoms of ectopic pregnancy begin to appear. Mm. And as someone who's already had an ectopic pregnancy, I'm at a much higher risk for another. So hopefully the beautiful scenery and visits with friends along the way might help to alleviate some of the anxiety I'm sure we would both be feeling. Thank you guys again for the podcast and the supportive community you've built up. Very sincerely, Liz. Liz, I'm so glad that you're listening and uh, asking for advice. That's just smart. Yeah. And best of luck with your transfer and the move. Speaking of. Speaking of transfers. (laughs) (laughs) That worked. (laughs) Yeah. That's Henry right there. Our transfer is currently crying. Um, Uh, BRB. Honey, you can go ahead and read this email. I'm going to handle that. uh, That crying baby? Outdoor carriage you don't like? Mm. Okay. This next email is from Caitlin. Uh, If you guys remember last week, we heard from a listener who was wondering why AMH isn't more routinely tested earlier. And Caitlin says, I too would have loved this easy blood test years ago. My husband and I were recently diagnosed with infertility due to poor morphology and low AMH, and we are lamenting the past year spent trying to conceive. I was put off by my doctors to keep trying when I expressed concern that we hadn't yet conceived and wish I had more information up front. I'm imagining a world in a generation or two where such tests are more prevalent early on. And I'm wondering how far it could go. Full fertility workups every five years starting at 22. Egg freezing as a matter of course covered by insurance at 18. I don't know. Great question, Caitlin. I think that the more that more information about our fertility will go a long way to helping women make choices about how and when we have children, which is necessary to equal participation in the economy. Thank you to all you thank you for all you do discussing these issues. You both and Henry give me so much hope. Caitlin, who lives in fifteen 1,568 square feet with two adults in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Uh Bridgewater. I knew you were gonna say that. Sure. Um you know, it's interesting. There's so many things that can be checked for infertility, but it's not a thing that uh, is often ordered when you're getting your physicals or tests. I feel like a physical, it's just me speaking here, mm-hmm. it should be 
regarding your entire physicality. I agree. You know? Yeah. Fertility. Your 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 brain speed. Reflexes. Lung capacity. It's the full workup. Yeah. Should mean ever honey, what's going on there? I think this boob is maybe getting a oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting a little engorged over here oh. on the left. Okay. Uh, I know a hungry boy who could probably alleviate some of that for you. It's not me. Thank uh, God. <laughs> that would be weird. Um, okay. This next email is from Gemma. Mm-hmm. Also, remember, we got an email from a woman named Emily who was worried that because she was doing IVF, she was missing like the surprise and celebratory elements of her pregnancy. Yes, it's all surprises, I was saying. Um, so Gemma had some thoughts. Yes, go ahead. We two told all our nearest and dearest about each step of the IVF treatment process. But for us, rather than missing out on the big announcements, we felt we missed on the secret bit at the beginning when only you as a couple know you're having a baby. (laughs) We certainly missed that. We did. That was a big part of us, me changing my mind and deciding to find out the gender at our 20 week scan. We didn't tell anybody that we knew from then we were having a girl. While it had been absolutely the best thing for us to be able to talk openly about the whole process and so helpful to reconcile our feelings along the way, I so valued having a small part of the pregnancy that was just for us. We then got to enjoy our friends and family's reaction to a little girl. And I totally agree with your suggestion to celebrate along the way. Celebrate choosing a clinic. Celebrate having eggs to retrieve. Celebrate a smooth transfer. Celebrate the last dose of meds. Celebrate not feeling nauseous. Celebrate the unbelievable comfort of maternity genes. The whole process is just too big to deal with in one go. Lots of love to Henry and you both for a wonderful family summer. I think that was how I felt about the name. I was like, this is the one thing we have that is like just ours. Um, and then you kept wanting to crowdsource it. Well, I kept wanting input. They did, but no one knew what we, no one would know what we picked until we picked it. Right. But so. that was that was like important to me for some reason. Well, I guess the reason being it was like the only thing we had. I'm glad that we got to uh, make a, at least that cool for you. Yeah, totes. You cool? You cool, bro? I'm cool. Cool. This is from uh, who is this from? Oh, Anne. Anne. All right, here we go. Dear Dory, Matt, Bo, and Henry, I'm a long-time listener, first-time emailer. Wanted to respond to the egg signal sent out last week by the lady who had her first round of IVF and ended up with no embryos. This is what happened to me. On our first egg collection, UK speak for egg retrieval, (laughs) they're so fun. Uh, We had 10 eggs, but only one was mature, and that didn't fertilize normally. I also love the use of an S in fertilize instead of a Z, as Mm. they would say. Therefore... We were left with no embryos. Uh, What Dory said last week is right in that our clinic told us that your first cycle, despite costing thousands of pounds, is like a trial run. They advised us to switch protocols. They used the antagonist protocol the first time as I have a polycystic, uh, as I have polycystic ovaries as opposed to PCOS. Uh, and to switch drugs. So we use different stimulation drugs and a different trigger 
shot for our second cycle. The cycle also resulted in 10 eggs being collected, but this time they were all mature. Seven fertilized and four made it to blastocyst. Nice. We transferred one, and we now have a nearly 22-month-old little boy. Oh, yay. Just wanted to send our story uh, in to give any to hope to anyone who has had an entirely failed first cycle. Our embryologist said that the results of our two cycles were so different that it is like results from a different couple. I realized that every couple going through IVF uh, has uh, different circumstances, but that it is important to explore the options if cycle one doesn't work. Although, I know it can feel completely overwhelming and hopeless at the same time. Congratulations on the beautiful Henry. That's Anne. She's from Wales. I love it. One of our Welsh listeners. Uh, Her and Tom Jones probably out there talking about things that aren't unusual (laughs) or showing new things to pussycats. In case you're wondering, Anne, Tom Jones is the most famous Welsh person. That is not true. Uh, who is? I, I'm talking, not talking historical figures. Oh, okay. Wales. All right. I'm just talking modern popular culture. It's Tom Jones, right? I bet there's a list of famous Welsh. Oh, people. a thousand percent, and and there's a lot of great Welshians to choose from out there. You know, the Beatles' first manager was Welsh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, there's a P.S. I wanted to share that I accidentally binge listened to the first 80 episodes at 1.5 times speed. My <laughs> husband kept overhearing the podcast saying, do they always speak so fast? And I would reply something along the lines of, I guess that Americans speak really fast. I even laughed when you mentioned listening at 1.5 2x speed. And then I realized I'd been doing it the whole time. Uh, I have to say that I prefer your theme song in 1.5 speed, though. Oh, wow. Buddy Holly did not do it in the correct timing for you guys. Honey. I get it. Yes. Timothy Dalton is Welsh. Uh-huh. You don't I think argue he's... that Tom Jones is more famous than Timothy Dalton. All right. Just looking at this list of famous Welsh. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones. I, again, would argue Tom Jones. She's famous. I know. All right. Laura Ashley. Oh. Iconic. <laughs> Honey. Yes. It's okay. It's okay. George Tom, Everest? Tom Jones is as cool as they come. So I don't see what the problem is. All right. Fair. <sighs> it's very strange that my wife uh, doesn't care for Tom Jones, apparently. Okay. Moving on. Sure. We're going to play a voicemail. Okay. Hang on. Let me just bring this up. Ready? Yeah, go ahead. Matt and Dory and Henry and Bo. Uh, my name's Caroline, longtime listener, first time caller. That's so cliche. Um, I'm in New York and I'm sort of responding to the egg signal that went out this last week. I think it was from Shay. Um, honestly, I don't have much helpful to say. Like, answer is about, um, I think it was about mature egg retrievals or um, testing AMH, but I did want to kind of empathize with the whole quote-unquote young-slash-newly-married kind of shock of this whole infertility thing. Um, you I'm guys sorry, were really everybody. quick to kind of console and remind the caller that, you know, hey, there's a lot of options out there, and um, one, you know, failed IVF cycle isn't a lot. And I totally agree with you, and that's the optimism I'm going into it with. But I do have to say the kind of shock that comes with um, – 
starting an infertility journey and the way that the caller or I think they were an email <laughs> um, said is it's kind of tough. Just my background with it is my husband and I have only been married um, about a little over a year, but pretty much as soon as we decided to try, um, we found out that he has that weird cystic fibrosis gene thing that a couple other people have called about. And um, we have our own whole story in terms of um, chronic illness and all that, that we're, we're navigating along with this infertility. But all that to say, we're in our mid-20s, and we didn't really even get a kind of a 6- to 12-month opportunity to try and see and figure it all out. It pretty much, you know, one day we were told, nope, your only option is IVF. And, um, yeah, we're, we're thankful we have options. We have IVF and ICSI and the the testy surgery, you know, the manual extraction, but at the same time, um, still a grieving process and still something really different that I think a lot of people, you know, in their mid to late 20s or even early 30s, you know, the infertility sucks no matter where you're at, but I think it's almost even more unexpected to um, kind of get hit with that, especially when, you know, people around you were saying the silly things like, I looked at my husband and got pregnant. It's just horrible. So anyway, I just wanted to empathize with, I think it was Shay, and say, yes, we have options, but um, it sucks because when you get married, you don't think in a couple months that you're going to get that type of news. And, um, yeah, thankful we have options, but it sucks, and it's okay to say it sucks. And um, Matt and Dory, not that you didn't say that, but um, just somebody who's kind of on that same side of the the, uh, situation, I wanted to shout that out. Um, again, thanks for all you do, and um, I'll be talking to you. Bye. Thank you for that perspective. Um, I do like how many different people listen to the podcast. Oh, yeah. And how many different sorts of uh, situations happen to people that are also sort of the same. I know I've said that before, but uh, well, I mean, that's it's what always we, fascinating. Yeah, that's what we always say. Like when people write in, you know, oh, I have this totally weird thing and I've never met anyone else who has this. And, you know, we talk about it on the podcast and inevitably we hear from someone who has the same weird thing um, or is dealing with the same weird thing or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, it's just amazing. I like uh, the egg signals is strong. The egg signal is strong. All right, we're going to take another short break. We'll be right back, according to our logs. What? <laughs> BRB. Honey, we're back. We are back. We are back and ready for some fun. What? Whoa. All the way from Wales. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, along came Tom Jones. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. I mean, listen to that booming voice. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone. But when I see okay. Boy, they were really you know, you know, hang on, they were they were really in love with reverb in the on his vocals. Yeah, you know, people complain about the music on the on the podcast. I know. Being too loud. It's not Okay. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just want to dance along the Welsh countryside and and meet a, sh- a sheep farmer and ask him about uh, his favorite uh, wool. All right. Okay. 
Moving on. I guess so. Fine. From Rebecca. She has some questions that hope that she hopes we or the eggheads can assist with. Okay. One, I forgot how much breastfeeding can wreck your back. And after being back at my sedentary office job for only five days, I'm hurting. Any recommendations of items or products or stretches or exercises that can help with overall posture? Mine has never been great and lower back and hip pain. Uh, I have both those things anyway. Lower back and hip pain. (laughs) My hips are okay. Yoga, 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 yoga. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, I find pigeon pose to be great for hips. Mm. Um, for lower back. Some, I, you know, someone else could probably foam rolling. Oh, foam rolling. That's a Let great me suggestion just tell you here. Uh, I can help you out here. Foam rolling lumbar support. Make sure your lumbar is always supported. That's that little curve in your back at the bottom there. Mm-hmm. You want to get that nice and, and uh, supported. I found also that uh, what was happening to me when I was feeding Henry, uh, I'm not breastfeeding Henry, but you know, occasionally I'll have breast milk in a bottle and I'll be holding him. It was really making sure those elbows and arms are supported. Yep. Uh, I had such a terrible back situation the other day a couple, uh, two weeks ago, where I barely, remember I could barely move? It was my upper back between my shoulder blades. And uh, Mm. the solution I found for that was, you know those Mentos gum that come in a canister, honey? Yep. I'm a big fan. I I just put it, I put it between my shoulder blades and leaned real hard on it. Oh. Yeah, you know, um, you can get a, you should get a lacrosse ball. I should get a lacrosse ball. And you can use it to kind of massage out um, yeah. stuff in your back. Yeah. But it was about a day or so of that. And, uh, and then and I was golden. Oh, good. But that's some lower back tips right there. Um, all right. Her second question. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Our three-month-old has two small dermoid cysts on her skull. Hmm. Fortunately, they are only cosmetic and don't have another follow-up with the pediatric surgeon until after her first birthday. I'm trying not to Google anything because yeah, don't. that caused extra anxiety when our now three-and-a-half-year-old was born with a VSD, a heart murmur. She mm-hmm. is fine. Her heart healed on its own, but the first cardiology appointments were scary. Of course. Has anybody had to deal with having dermoid cysts removed? Having such a little person under anesthesia stresses me out. Understandably so. Yeah. But on the bright side, they have to use less anesthesia. Mm. It's a little baby. Um, yeah, so so the egg signal's going out for anyone who has experience with dermoid cysts. I'd be willing to bet. Someone, someone does. does. Um, and Rebecca also adds, thanks for the podcast. Even as an IVF-adjacent family, it has been incredibly uplifting to hear people talk about all their hopes and fears that come from our uncooperative bodies. And she is in Temple, Texas. <laughs> In 1,500 square feet on 0.4 acres for two adults, a three-and-a-half-year-old, and a three-month-old. Cool. Is that named it for Temple Grandin? <laughs> I hope so. Um, okay. We also heard from Nikki, who, whose son Ellis was born a week before Henry. Yes. Ellis is a good name. Ellis is a good name. Um. But and Ellis was born perfectly healthy, doing great, Mm -hmm. a little early um, because she had high blood pressure, but everything's fine. Okay. Unfortunately, our breastfeeding journey has not gone as planned. 
Since our son was two and a half weeks early and very sleepy, <laughs> he had a hard time latching and staying active at the boob. We ended up triple feeding right away, which was, in a word, hellish. As I waited for my milk to come in, we had success latching with the nipple shield, although I hate that thing with the fire of a thousand suns, and we supplemented with donor milk and formula. However, my milk never actually came in, and after a few weeks postpartum and pumping every few hours, nursing as much as possible, and taking every galactagogue known to man, I was still only able to pump about two to three ounces a day. Mm -hmm. At our most recent LC appointment, we did a weighted feed and determined that Ellis was only getting about a third of an ounce per side. Needless to say, it has been pretty devastating, and I still haven't completely come to terms with my low milk supply, particularly because no one can tell me why I'm not producing. Our lactation consultant sort of diagnosed me with insufficient glandular tissue, but it was all very vague, and I'm still left wondering why my body has failed me, along with grieving the loss of what I thought would be a long and fulfilling breastfeeding relationship with my baby. We are still nursing, mainly for comfort, and I'm grateful to be able to do that, but it's not the same as nourishing my child, and I'm not sure how long I'll be able to keep going. I'm also sad and frustrated that at no point in my pregnancy did anyone warn me that this could be an issue. In hindsight, I've discovered that I did have some of the warning signs for IGT. I never had to go up a bra size during pregnancy, for example. But my OB never noticed or asked me about it, so I had no idea it would be a problem until it was one. I'm not sure I could have done anything about it, but at least I could have mentally prepared myself for the possibility that I wouldn't be able to exclusively breastfeed and could have saved myself some heartbreak when it didn't work out. This assumption everyone has that all moms can breastfeed or pump enough and the endless advice to just keep trying and wait for my milk to come in or increase has been so damaging. I would love to hear more about IGT from the medical slash reproductive community as it seems so few people are even aware that it's a thing and there's almost no information on why it occurs. Thanks again for sharing your lives and providing the space and congrats again. Yours in sleep deprivation, Nikki. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Any thoughts? Just like I empathize with you, Nikki. This is, it's, it's tough. It's all tough. And yeah, sometimes there is no explanation and it's very frustrating. I think the most frustrating thing is watching lactation consultants try to make up things. Oh boy. Here we go. Hi. Um, yeah, I mean, as you know, you know, you'll, you'll figure out how to feed your baby and, and, I know you had your hopes up to do it on the breast, but I'm sorry that that's not working out. It sucks. Um, yeah, it sucks. That being said, that being said, you're gonna you're you, you're still you know there's gonna be time. You get your time with the baby. Yeah. I, I say you feed that kid skin to skin from a bottle when you have to feed from a bottle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and really just sort of make that time count. Yeah, that's good advice. That's the first time she's ever said that to me. Thank That's you, everybody. Not true. This is truly the greatest that day is not in the podcast history. True. All right. 
Here is a voicemail. Mm-hmm. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. This is Jen. I am calling um, from Connecticut. I have IVF twins that are four years old, and I have a almost six-year-old dog named Maggie. Um, and I just had to stop the podcast after listening to Matt talk about Bo and how much he means to him, even though Henry's still, you know, his human child. But I totally understand. I'm out walking Maggie now. Um, she's been great with my kids. Same thing, kind of didn't know what she was going to be like. She's a Britney Spaniel, so she's kind mm. of crazy. But she's been great with them, and she is my firstborn child, and I love her to death and can't imagine life without her. And while she drives me crazy, my kids do too. So <laughs> just kind of like having three kids at this point. And I just wanted to call and say I've been listening to your podcast since the start. I think you guys are awesome. I'm so happy that you've continued it and hope that you keep on going. And that's really it. Thanks so much. Bye. Um, we had a we had a Brittany named Jake when I was a little well, I was a little kid that my mother gave away when my dad was off with the army <laughs> that story it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy yeah i can't believe that he, i don't know what i would have done. i mean i i i, I wouldn't have recovered from that i don't think i would have either i'm not sure that he ever did if i just if you came home and Bo was gone oh my god you would divorce me because he kept peeing i'd be like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> what what? Is that why she gave him away? Because he kept peeing? I, you know, she has her weird reasons, and I just, I don't know. It's very... I'm sure we'll hear from her after the sales. look. You know? She was home with four kids and this dog. You know, he was off gallivanting with the United States Army. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... Uh... I can't imagine it was easy for her to be dealing with... Yeah us four sure and the dog you know i think had the dog been perfectly trained maybe there wouldn't have been an issue but look i don't know what to tell you yeah we all miss jake <laughs> um thank you for your voicemail we got an email from someone that made me very emotional oh okay um this is from a woman named McCall. I like that name too. And she started listening to us after hearing our episode on Committed. Right. All right. She says, I'm a nurse and was interested to broaden my educational horizon about IVF and fell in love with you guys. Oh, thank you, McCall. My husband and I were returning from a vacation in Texas in October and picked up our car from my husband's third cousin's house in Vegas. I love every part of that sentence since we only lived two hours north in st george utah and flew out of vegas we needed somewhere to park our car for a week at this point in your podcast i was around the part where egg donors began being mentioned more and i told my husband josh that someday i wanted to be an egg donor and i thought that would be awesome inspired by your story mm -hmm. fast forward to christmas 2018 i went to a christmas expo with my mother-in-law, grandmother-in-law and her niece i just first of all what christmas is happening expo. at christmas expo <laughs> I'm on board. I feel like you would want to go to one. I love the idea. Do you just go see like the latest and greatest and artificial trees and lights and blow up Santas? I don't know. Well, I, we'll I think we're going to get a follow up from you, McCall. <laughs> um, 
Okay, grandmother-in-law and her niece, Josh's third cousin's mom. I love that Josh's third cousin is really just (laughs) playing into this story. She admits that this is confusing. We were eating lunch and she said, I have a weird question for you. And all I could think of was that she was going to ask me about a rash on her butt or something, considering I was a nurse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God she didn't. She randomly asked, have you ever thought about being an egg donor before? I like that that question was more like benign than asking about a rash on her butt. Well, wouldn't. Wait, more benign? Yeah. Like she didn't want to be asked about a rash on her on, on the butt, but being an egg donor, which is like a huge thing. She was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think it was just not that it wasn't, but I think, you know, asking no, a nurse I know. about a I rash get on her butt I get it. is fine. Um, and I'm sure my response surprised her, but I said, yeah, actually I have. She mentioned how her daughter and her husband were possibly considering asking me if I would be an egg donor for them, considering I'm young, 22 a nurse and educated and I kind of look like the mom. Oh. Weird coincidence. Like off all the boxes there. Since I mentioned being an egg donor after leaving their house earlier in October. They have one son through IVF, got it on the first try. How lucky is that? But her immune system attacks her uterus. Oh wow. And she has poor egg quality, hence the IVF. Hmm. They've been trying for their second since their son was one. He's five now. Five rounds later, no closer, they decided to use a surrogate. At their last transfer, their surrogate miscarried their last Uh, embryos and last uh, chance at biological children. uh, Surrogate has four kids, never has had a miscarriage, loves being prego. Yeah, that is horrible. So fast forward again to this last April. I was put on injectable medications for only around a week and a half. Menopure really is a bitch. And we did the damn thing. Post-retrieval, they got 13 completely mature eggs, nine fertilized, and five were chromosomally normal and ready to transfer. They were really hoping for a girl, considering they have a boy, and through all their previous rounds, only ended up with boys. Mm-hmm. Out of the five, four were girls. Whoa. And one boy. She kept telling her husband to wrap her husband's balls in pink saran wrap. Hey, look, you know, if you're going to be superstitious about it. When he went into the jerk-off room for good luck. Uh-huh. They're currently prepping for the same surrogate for the transfer of my eggs in hopes for a positive pregnancy at the end of this month, early July. Fingers crossed. It'll be interesting to see who has the cuter babies, me and her husband or me and my husband. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Someday, if they're both ugly, we know I'm the problem. <laughs> oh, boy. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to write this email mostly to thank you guys for your podcast, your vulnerability, and your story has inspired me to help other families to have kiddos of their own, even though I'm far from wanting my own. I will continue to listen as long as you guys continue recording. Good luck with little Henry and big brother Bo. Love, McCall, who lives in a 1,400 square foot townhome with a man child for a husband, a shih tzu, and a cocker spaniel. Um, I feel like I really get Josh, you know. I get what it's like to be a man child. To be fair, McCall is 22. <laughs> How do you know Josh isn't 32? He might be. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm 35. It's not like I'm like 100. Uh huh. Whatever. <laughs> um, <ahead>. McCall, <laughs> he just picked up his Nintendo Switch and is pretending to play it. Um, McCall, this is such a such a lovely story. Oops. You are giving your third cousin-in-law's daughter. Third. Your husband's third cousin. Your, yeah, your third cousin-in-law's daughter. Such a gift. Um, and yeah, this is so... What a, what a lovely, wonderful story. And I'm so touched that we were a small part in it. I'm touched by this Christmas expo. Mm. Mostly. Mm-hmm. I gotta know. 
Also, was the Christmas Expo at the Las Vegas Convention Center? Oh, great question. And can I be your guest in December if you're going again? Um, honey. Yes. ChristmasExpo.com. Wait, I want her to tell me. I don't want you to fill me in. Okay, well. I need McCall's words. It's in July. Oh. In Daytona Beach. Oh. I'm so sad about that. Wow, this is fascinating. Hey, don't spoil it. Okay, I think you'll really enjoy this website, though. I'm just telling you. All right. You. I'm really, I'm excited about it. Okay. McCall, thank you for donating eggs. And also thank you for uh, introducing me to Christmas Expos. <laughs> okay. How much time do we have left? Uh, we've got, I would say about 10 minutes. Okay, great. I'm going to read this email from Kylie, who lives in Reno in 1,600 square feet. Uh, by the way, I'd like to go to Reno at some point. Thank you for uh, reminding me. Okay. Do you also want to go to, isn't it near Tahoe? It sure is. Do you want to go to Tahoe? I can skip Tahoe. Reno Hang out sounds, with our accountant on a jet ski? I'd like to not do that, <laughs> but I definitely would like to gamble in Reno. All right. Um, Reno actually is cool. Like, there's some cool stuff happening in Reno. I maybe, would like to go there. Maybe we take the kid to Tahoe in July. Tahoe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, she started listening when, she says, when we began our IVF marathon a year and a half ago after undergoing two years. Shafira Inc., by the way. Not a terrible, if we should reincorporate. I like it. It's not terrible. Shafira Inc. Yeah. Um, or if we need another, like, LLC or something. Yeah. Um, un unsuccessful natural baby making and four failed IUIs. We got lucky in that our first round of IVF was a success. From there, our story followed yours so closely. My husband and I would routinely get creeped out while listening uh. to your podcast while doing weekend chores. My due date was two days before yours. We also transferred a boy. We have unruly dogs that needed to be worked with pre-baby arrival. My husband had a room full of guitars that needed to be dealt with. Whoa. We were literally packing these up while listening to you two debate about what to do with them. My God. My worst fear was undergoing a long-induced labor that would result in an emergency C-section. Oh, my God. And I that is like, exactly what happened. I feel like we should visit them. However, we now have our happy, healthy, happy baby boy, Oscar, who also refuses to feed on one side. Uh-huh. Uh, update on that. Henry now seems okay with the left side. So Henry occasionally seems okay with everything and then also seems incredibly not okay with everything mm, like a six week old He's a real fair weather baby <laughs> um all right i've wanted to write in to tell you guys about the eerie similarities in our experiences but now also have a question for you and the listeners yeah we have two embryos on ice i've nice. been going back and forth with transfer with transferring them both or one at a time but you have now successfully scared the shit out of me when it comes to twins especially when you reminded me that five-day embryos have a higher chance of splitting embryo was of splitting anyway yeah. which taps into my identical twin phobia thank you stanley cooper i get it they're weird now i'm thinking we will do one at a time but a little sooner than originally planned so my question is how soon should we do this what are the pros and cons of having two babies relatively close together with IVF, do I need to wait until my period comes back, or does that not matter since I will be skipping ovulation since this will just be another transfer? I'd like to hear some listener experiences, please, and your opinions as well, Matt and Dory. Congrats on little Henry. Since I heard his name, I've pitched it to my husband for our other boy, Embryo. He responded that we can't do everything Matt and Dory do. 
we will see about that. Wink. I, I just want to know about your husband's guitars. I really just have a lot of questions. Um, Kylie, first of all, congratulations on Oscar. Second of all, I was told by my OB that when you have a C-section, you don't, like six months is the absolute earliest you would want to get pregnant. Right. Um, and I think that they prefer a year. Um, so that's one thing to, to take into mm-hmm. consideration. So I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this like right away. Um, I, I would, I would probably wait a year if I were in your shoes and do the transfer because it might not work. It sounds like you want to yeah. kind of get moving. Yeah. So I'm with, uh, Dory on that here at Shabrara Inc. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like how many guitars do you have? What kinds of guitars? What's life like in Reno? Tell me all about it. Which slots are the loosest? Where do you, where do you like to play craps? Who's got the best blackjack? Um, so many questions. Hmm, interesting. Okay, we are going to play a voicemail. Hi, my name is Caitlin. I'm a longtime listener of the podcast. I've actually listened to you guys through my second conception, a <laughs> second child. Um, and I guess I have a uterus signal. <laughs> so I have two boys. One was conceived through IUI. One was conceived after two rounds of IVF. Both were unfortunately delivered. Well, fortunately, unfortunately, I don't know, delivered via C-section. So um, we're getting ready. Always wanted a big family. We have embryos left. Getting ready to think about child number three. And I don't know. I would love to see if it's possible to even go for a delivery of um, a trivaginal delivery after two prior cesareans. Um, it's important to me. I feel like I missed out. I feel like I had a medicalized conception. I love at least one um, vaginal birth. I'm not going to say natural because all births are natural. There's no unnatural C-section. But anyway, I'd like to try it. Um, but it seems like it's very discouraged, at least by traditional OBs. So I was wondering, since I have the quote-unquote luxury of going through IVF and knowing when a transfer may occur, also understanding that transfers do not mean babies. Um, but if there's anyone who knows of a way, I mean, I could do a hysteroscopy or whatever to prep for it before I get pregnant, I'd love to know if also if anyone had a feedback after two cesareans um, or how I also, I don't want to be irresponsible. It's all very entangled. <laughs> so anyway, just putting out a signal. If there's anyone in my particular situation, I guess, I don't know. Um, anyway, podcast is great it's been invaluable continues to be invaluable for those of us who have children after IVF um and all the feelings that go with that so thanks Matt and Dory congrats you guys so exciting I'm so glad we get a little peek into your now parent parental lives thanks thank you yeah thank you thanks for calling in at 413-461-BABY which you can do and leave us a voicemail. Anytime you want. You can also email us at Dorianmatt at Gmail or Matt and Dory at Gmail. There you go. Yep. And leave a five-star review on the Apple Podcast while you're at it. Yeah. Not iTunes. That's... Because iTunes doesn't exist anymore. The sneaky way we fit the business in. Yeah. Um, so, okay. The VBEC after two cesarean signal has gone out. Um, you know, the VBEC signal 
um, it, it just, I mean, look for it. It's usually up in the sky to the left. I actually do have another suggestion there. I'm not in it, but there is a, an evidence-based VBAC Facebook group that is the only officially recommended group of the safe sleep, the evidence-based safe sleep group. I <laughs> love it. So apparently there's a, a wealth of great information in this VBAC group. So I would search VBAC on Facebook, search evidence, I think evidence-based VBAC and it should come up again. I'm not in the group, so I can't speak to the actual content, but it has come highly recommended and um, you will probably find some women in your same situation. Okay. Before we get to this next email, I just want to preface it by saying that we get so oh. many wonderful. I didn't emails. even know you put it in the, in the, in the I did. rundown. I put it in. Felt like she, her, her grievances needed to be aired. I get it. If you agree with the, this, then I, I, look, what are, you, what are you doing still listening? Um, and we, and also we are always open to constructive criticism. And if you're going to take the time out of your day to sit down, compose an email. Well, you know, I just, th- I think, I just thank you for valuing us that much in your life. All that being said, well, you know what? We'll let the listeners judge this email for themselves. I'm not even going to say the name of it. Keep the person anonymous. This is oh, not a, okay. like, let's gang up on the person sure. situation. Okay. I don't want to, okay. you know. Yeah. Uh, they know who they are. Who They know who they are. Oh. They're not listening anymore, but there you go. Subject line, first of all. Let's just talk about the subject line real quick. It's correctly capitalized. So... Great job. So it's so it's it's not just a subject line. It's a it's a title, and the title of this email is "Totally Disappointed in You Both." I've been with you since the first episode. I've laughed, been totally entranced, understood your dilemma, your sadness, and your frustration. Admittedly, after probably four months worth of annoyance from Matt. I was beginning to wear thin. Your sophomoric and rude comments were beginning to feel a little less sympathetic and false brags. Parenthetical, in all caps, I want to make everyone happy, end quote. I uh, am sympathetic and understanding to everyone. This is more of another quote here. Blah, blah, blah. Exclam. Close parentheses. Matt. You just love to hear yourself. Period. Deadly! <laughs> Exclamation point. I look. Does I, she realize she's listening to a podcast? I, I, <laughs> I got to talk, otherwise you don't hear anything. Also, uh, well, whatever. I don't, we don't need to refute her point by point. No. Now here's the next. Uh, I think. So. I'm going to let Dory take over the email from here because now this part pertains to her. From what I heard from you during the podcast, I persisted because I wanted Dory to attain her dream. I am a mother. I wanted her to be a mother. I understood. Trouble was, as time passed, both Matt and Dory changed. 
money became the focal point. Reddit, more episodes, etc., etc. Then Dory got pregnant. So exciting. Or maybe not. I mean, it's well written. Like, I like the whole, like, just teasing it. The drama. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the absolute peak of the podcast was the birth. I was excited. Happy. This was it. But that was not to be. You didn't like your room. You didn't like the size of your room. You didn't like that there was no view from your room. You whined and complained. You were thankful for nothing. Didn't even seem thankful for your child. I turned the podcast off and then deleted the subscription. I am done. I think both of you worked for a while, but as time passed, that changed. You both became unbearable. I don't miss your show and will carefully avoid anything else you two decide to crank out. Um, I thought that last paragraph deserved a dramatic reading. Oh, I think you nailed it, honey. Thank you. No period or exclamation point on that cranked out, huh? No, well, it's, I think she was just, she was so angry by the time. She tra- trailed by the... She, yeah. Yeah. Look. <sighs> I don't know what to tell anyone who might write that email other than the fact that we are, uh, I'm not defend. I'm not even going to defend our feelings, yeah. our feelings about our son. I'm sorry. They weren't expressed strongly enough for you on this podcast. Our feelings about our beautiful baby son, Henry. Take it as you will. Whatever you want to do with it. Seems like you just wanted to unsubscribe and let us know about it. Um, we've changed. I mean, we've been doing the podcast for three years. We've, we've, yeah. we've, we've changed as people, I don't think, uh, fundamentally. But certainly we've had experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the money. We became about the money. I don't know what that means. I mean... I honestly don't know what that means. We've never missed an episode of this free podcast. We've never not recorded. We recorded that podcast that you called the peak of this podcast. We recorded the day after we got home from the hospital with our son because it was a Sunday and we had to get an episode out. After I had had a C-section and was still taking lots of Percocet. So I'm sorry (laughs) that that didn't meet your standards <laughs> and i'm sorry that you decided that we were just about the money <laughs> i don't first of all doing matt and dory's excellent adventure is not exactly uh a lucrative uh, event so get that out of the way we like the community we've built here and we like the listeners and uh honestly to the uh, anonymous emailer who may or may not sell real estate in a state that we have called home (laughs) and would probably eventually like to buy property in in the future. You have lost yourselves a customer. (laughs) Um, But anyway, that email, I did laugh at it when I was reading it. But then I also became very um, angry about it. To me... The, the type of person who would write an email like this 
seems like such a horrible, petty, mean person. I just don't know why you had to tell us. Right. That's what I mean. Like, she seems... In hopes that we'll change? No, she just... She she needed us to know. Yeah. She seems well, like, a, know. like a real... I'd like to speak to the manager type person. A Becky. Yeah. No offense to anyone named Becky. But that's what she seems like. To um, me. Yeah. So. She doesn't like the iced tea she was brought. Exactly. I'd like to speak to the manager about this iced tea. Uh, yeah. I just don't. Um, also, like the thing about the money, it's like we've spent over $100,000 trying to have this baby. So well, yeah, money's always a factor in money. Ideas, money like, is always uh, that's a not, factor. That's really not the point. The point of the whole, the thing that stuck in my craw was that I was not grateful enough. Yeah, for this fucking real estate agent in Massachusetts that does not like it's insane to me. Oh, it's completely insane. that. I'm gonna first. I'm sorry. I did not express my thanks for our son enough to satisfy you person on the other side of the country. It won't happen again. Okay. Anything else? Do you have any closing thoughts on the anonymous? Um, I just think it's a, it felt like a particularly cruel email to send to someone with a five-week-old baby yes. who had gone through hell yes. to get that baby. Yes. I agree. And so it said to me that this woman has a fundamental lack of empathy. Mm. And so I pity her. Well, you know, she was empathetic. She says she was. She, it's clearly stated. <laughs> but then four months worth of annoyance from me, she, she was beginning to wear thin. Mm. I'm sophomoric and rude. Right. Look, um. I've been doing podcasts for, what year is this, 2019? 11 years. I'm sorry, I talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, we are very grateful for the community. Anyway. Anyway. Look, uh, Michaela, Michaela, not Michaela, M- McCall, get back to me on Christmas Expo. I'm just going to get back to happiness. Get back to me on Christmas Expo, Okay. And also, uh, Kylie, hit me up about Reno. It's going to be fun. All right. We're going to play one more voicemail. Um, oh, wait. And also, for a real estate agent to not enclose how many square feet their fucking house is? <laughs> Rude. Hi, Shafriras. Um, I my name is Jennifer, and I just wanted to call back in regards to the uh, being pregnant in Disneyland question. <laughs> and I just want to tell her, please, for the love of God, take a break every day. I've been pregnant in Disneyland twice. Um, once in <clears throat> like the beginning of my second trimester, and then once when I was seven and a half months pregnant, also with a year and a half year old toddler, and. That break in the afternoon to just sit and take a nap and not be in the parks is worth the trek back to your hotel. Um, and if they're going to be there all day, it's they're not going to miss you for those couple hours. Mm. Um, Good point. Because there's honestly not a ton that you can do in the park. 
um, as far as rides are concerned. I think Matt made some excellent suggestions. The railroad was something I discovered for the first time when I was pregnant, and I love it so much. It's one of my favorites. Um, and Pirates is great, and Haunted Mansion is great. Um, not a ton on the California side. Even the little, like, kids' cars rides in Cars Land, you can't do any of those when you're pregnant. So it's very, very limited. You can do um, Soarin' the and Frozen Mickey's Filter Magic. Show is entertaining, not as good as Aladdin was, but it's air-conditioned and nice. a good way to, to burn some time. Um, so, yes, take that afternoon break and take a nap. It's the only way that you'll get through, in my opinion. Um, granted, I was, like, severely sick, so I can't really comment on the food aspect of it. I just ate whatever looked appetizing and that I could keep down. Um, I had the cast members check on me a couple times when I would sit down on the random bench and start throwing up in my barf bag. So that was super fun. Oh, and they were very about it. But, um, yeah, take breaks. I highly recommend it. And, um, yeah, your family should understand. Have fun. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. I like a Disney update. Yeah. Usually, you know, back half of the podcast reserved for Disney. <laughs> Today we had to deal with hate mail and Disney. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you all for listening. And reminder, you can. Oh, I mean, look, after what our anonymous emailer said, I don't even know if we should tell people about the great uh, extra podcasts we do every month. We do two every month. And I don't think if any of our audience should know about them. Yeah, you're right. Because we're not about that. <laughs> but we will continue to do two extra podcasts every month for people who support the podcast. Yeah, now, here's the thing, guys. Guess what? I'm talking to you in a slightly expensive microphone, into a slightly expensive recorder, into, uh, you know how much bandwidth this the place takes up? Uh, too much. That being said, let's get greedy. Join us over at patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. Let's keep this podcast informing and, um, hang on sophomoric and rude okay <laughs> you'll get a shout out if you're at the five dollar level on patreon uh every month we like to shout out every great egghead out there who has supported us in the here we go with this month's wonderful excellent adventurers thank you to Jennifer Floyd. Jennifer Steele. Jess Branch. Jesse Hendricks. Jolene Ziegler. <clears throat> Julie Phillips. Uh, Kane McCall. Caitlin Young. Catherine Chimmons. Katie Heimer. Katie Regan. Katie Tavy. Kelly. Kelly Zimmerman. Ken Mills. Carrie Mills. That's right. Why did I say Ken Mills? There's no Ken on this list. The R and I kind of looks like an M. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, look, the font on this, by the way, I'm just so far from this thing. I'm just, hang on. Let me just bring this up, honey. There oh, we there go. there we go. A little better, right? All right. Kim Mestra. Carrie Mills and, of course, Kimberly Kim. Kimberly Shepard. Kristen Anderson. Christopher Fonagy. Oh, there he is. Layla Arshid. Laura Dodge. Laura Rosenblum. Lauren. Lauren Luther. Leslie Shoup. Uh, Lex Conan. Liesel. What's happening with Lex right now? That's a question I have. Lily Avalar. He's trying to become a science teacher. I know, but I want to know how it's going. Lindsay Earls. Linnea Thunsell. Maggie Fleming. Amanda Johnson. Margaret Metcalf. Uh, Marie Morgan. Martin Hedegaard-Peterson. Maude Tremblay. Mackenzie Erickson. Meg Eck. Megan Frank. Megan 
Kozowitz. Megan Murphy. Magana Prasad. Melinda Phelps. Melissa Garcia. Melissa March Quinn. Michelle Kitzmiller. Mike, Kim, and Leo. Monica Bold. Mariah C. Adamic. Mr. Bundy. Nicole Pondey. Nancy Powell. Nicola Skidmore. Uh, Nicola. Nicola Skidmore. Nikki Bossert. Nikki Moraka. Narantha Balagopal. Per- Patricia Faustrezig. Paul Sharp. Paula. Pretty in Beantown. Rachel Lander. Rachel Downey. Rachel Kuzma. Robert Olson. Sabrina Stern. Sandra. Sarah Prager. Sarah Rice Long. Sarah Burry. Sarah Lewis. Sarah Swift. Sarah Yim. Sherry Olson. And Siri K. Gasky. If any of this did not meet your expectations and you want to tell us, save it. <laughs> uh, that was good, though, to put it at the end of the podcast. I liked not, it was good not to lead the podcast off with Oh, that. no, no, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, guys, I'm going to go be grateful for my baby, and I believe my wife will go do the same. We'll see you all next week. Farewell.